0: Welcome back to the show. It is time in the week where we join our friends over at Black Locks Reporter to dig into the headlines that don't often get all the attention, but they should because they do in fact matter. And of course, no one does it better these days than our friend Tom Korski, who is the managing editor of Black Locks Reporter. Hello there, sir. Hi, Alex. Lots of excitement in the House. Of course, they're all back to work after five months off because, you know... There's so many crucial issues that was five months off in the big picture. But now it's all about voting the House leader. And, of course, Antony Rhoda, um, you know, who's been a bit of a thorn in the side of the prime minister, um, you know, likely to win, but maybe not, could go to Elizabeth May. But, you know, the po- bottom line is whoever's dealing with this is going to have to deal with things like, I don't know, the Chinese scientists who were waltzed out of this country and those kinds of things.
1: It did get pretty hot in the uh, last parliament, didn't it? It's an interesting job. You get a car and chauffeur, and you get a free house, so that's a good deal. <laughs> yeah. But uh, in exchange, you in time uh, earn the enmity and scorn of all your colleagues. So it's it's a yin yang kind of thing. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's a difficult job, especially in a minority parliament, because the chips are down on every vote, every amendment, all the time. Uh, Of interest is one candidate who uh, is running for the speakership, uh, Ms. Mendez, Alexandra Mendez, who got into a bit of trouble when she tried to jackboot a government bill on YouTube regulation. What's my point here, Alex? MPs like the elephant never forget. They never forget a slight or an enemy, and it's a great way to make enemies, being Speaker of the House of Commons.
0: We'll see what happens, yeah. Um, interestingly, well, I don't say it's interestingly, because, of course, the the predominant conversation, you know, in the media, in Ottawa anyway, is, well, what about the vaccines? Who's vaccinated? Who's got the, like, uh, frankly, I don't think most of the country cares, Tom, and I'm thinking, is this all we're going to talk about for the next six months? Like, is who vaccinated, who's not vaccinated, the Conservative Party? I mean, there's so much going on in the country right now that is so consequential, like, I don't know, BC being underwater and all who's vaccinated in the conservative party.
1: Yeah, I know. And there's issues. And some of them are quite really staggering issues, let alone these unfortunate floods in BC. I mean, the deficit, I mean, it it goes Mm on when the feds, on friday licensed vaccination for children as young as Mm -hmm. five i can't Mm -hmm. tell you and i say this in a heartfelt way alex i feel badly for people whose children are that young ours are not it's going to get pretty hot they say it's not mandatory I don't believe them. This will go down to the level of the faculty lounge and the school boards. There will be busybodies, and little boys and girls don't have the equipment, the mental equipment, the equilibrium and proportion, sense of proportion to work this out in their own way, because some adults don't either. The vaccination witch hunts have pit people at each other's throats, and the prospect of doing that to children. Is, makes, it makes me sad. You know, we had a statistic today. We got some heat on this on social media. It is a statistical fact that six children under the age of 15 have died of COVID in our country from March 2020 outbreak of the pandemic to uh, the last week of this past July, about 16 month period. That's a disaster for those six families, an absolute catastrophe. Mm -hmm. There's over 6 million of them. It was literally a million to one chance. I don't give medical advice on the radio, Alex. There is no medical reason to vaccinate a five-year-old. There isn't, that's just the fact.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it's interesting because the fine print of this is probably the most important part of it, which was put out by NASI, basically in this statement saying, look, parents are gonna have to make this choice and given the term this is their wording given the term uncertainties surrounding pediatric vaccinations at this time children and their parents should be supported and respected in their decisions regarding covid vaccines One so they them. shouldn't be stigmatized for accepting or not accepting these so it is a very divisive issue but nazi is actually putting out the right messaging saying it's none of your business
1: what oh trust me no no not, no no yeah no the boat's in the water alex there's there, there there's some very enthusiastic busybodies <laughs> who love telling their fellow Canadians what to do. You know we had a quote today it was from an epidemiologist of all people and an academic a university academic who said uh, yeah i have I have a small son i'm not I'm not getting them that shot, but wait until the school boards and the teachers and the the parent counsels all the way in because they're all so smart. And and these little five-year-olds are going to get caught right in the middle. And it just it just really makes you sad. It's going to be awful.
0: Yeah, but you know what? Kids do have voices, and um, there could be a charter challenge. I mean, I, I can tell my son he's getting a vaccine. If he turns around and says, I don't want the vaccine, he does have a voice. And I don't think a lot of parents understand that. And maybe lawmakers don't really realize that. Kids do have a right to make their own decisions. So, We could see some interesting uh, challenges out of this wherever it goes. Nonetheless, I'm so sick and tired of this issue and having people kind of butt in and uh, nose around. I mean, um, as you guys report, I mean... Even these mandates aren't actual mandates. I mean, Transport Minister uh, Omar Algarabra is confirming that unvaccinated air passengers may get exemptions for COVID shots. I mean, I thought the Trudeau government was putting, you know, this ban. He said it. He was going to ban unvaccinated people from traveling. And yet every single day we're learning out, well, it's not really a ban and here's a loophole. And so look, this mandate's not a mandate, which is why I scratch my head and go, why are all the reporters just obsessing over one thing? Why not go and challenge Mark Holland or any of the Liberals and say, your mandates It's not really a mandate because so many people can get out of it.
1: Well, and isn't it worse than that? I mean, how can a cabinet be this unclear on something as fundamental as that? The prime minister made the blanket statement. You're absolutely correct. Uh His words had only one meaning. If I'm a Christian scientist, I don't get to step foot on an airplane, but that's ridiculous. This is not East Germany. This is Canada. It's a free country still. And so there were uh, uh, obvious concessions that had to be made. Because we don't live in that kind of country where a leader of a cabinet gives mandatory medical advice to 37 million people. So, yeah, mm-hmm. sure, it's been a media failure. But, you know, there's a lot of people have been confused, upset. Can I get, get on my flight or not? If I can am I getting a refund or not? These people uh, all the way through this for the last year and a half, Alex, You know, we see that as our job. I'm not being sanctimonious. Other media don't. I get it. They want to play who's hot and who's not. But guess who's caught in the middle? Mm -hmm. Can I go to work or can't I? Will I get a refund or won't I? Can my son or daughter go to elementary school track and field day or not? And Mm -hmm. people won't give them the straight answer because everyone's too busy giving histrionic speeches. It's very irritating. I feel bad for people.
0: Yeah, no, they're playing politics with an issue that should not be political. And that's why there's so much division in this country. But I do I want to jump off this one because this one caught my eye about the audits. So there were audits and papers that you guys got uh, documentation on approving grant applications, which found nearly one third had incomplete paperwork, which means we have no idea where the money went. And one of the internal audits uh, was in the Foreign Affairs Department. So 33% of the paperwork was missing in 2020 we're talking 25 20.5 million uh was sent to the philippines to help them recover from a typhoon back in 2013 they have no idea really what what the money was going to and then they found out oh it was to, to buy karaoke machines because that that will help you recover from a, a typhoon but then another audit of the same department couldn't figure out how to spend foreign money uh in afghanistan i mean a quote a quote it was something difficult to find good initiatives in Afghanistan to disperse the amount of money available. Seriously?
1: But, but the problem, the problem, like, the problem you was can't
0: find money to, money to spend in Afghanistan. I don't know. Give it to the veterans. Maybe they could pay for safe houses.
1: Well, the, the, but the problem was, uh, someone back in Ottawa wanted the uh, bumper sticker. They wanted to say, "Look at all the money we spent in Afghanistan." You know, foreign aid has the reputation it deserves. You go to cut foreign aid. You know this. Everyone, every time the subject comes up, can't we cut foreign aid? Although the largest cut to foreign aid over a fifth was by a, a Liberal Prime Minister, Paul Martin, who said, "You know, we have to balance a budget in this town. We don't have a choice." That was a budget to remember. Uh, every we time can't you go you to the provinces
0: anymore, aid, let's just cut. Uh,
1: uh, foreign aid. I, I know, I know. But people <laughs> talk about what about the, you know, the, the, the starving millions in Biafra and the wells in Kenya. That's all true. But foreign aid has the reputation it deserves because the money they waste is absolutely epic. So you're absolutely right. Over 20 million Department of Foreign Affairs uh, to earmarked to a, Fili- a filipino typhoon relief they had some terrible storms wound up spending it on basket weavers and karaoke machines in the name of economic development even the auditors said yeah no <laughs> no
0: we can sing our way <laughs> to prosperity oh no. <laughs> yeah nonetheless i'd say i'd say i'm surprised
1: Nothing surprises Even the auditor said no, and
0: and they're employees. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. All right, got to let you go on that note, Tom. We'll chat with you again on Wednesday.
1: Thank you, Alex.
0: Tom Korski, managing editor of Black Locks Reporter. It is a subscription-based rag, mag, online service, but it's worth every penny. If you don't catch it online, you can get it with us Monday and Wednesday, 9 o'clock. You're on Point on Global News Radio.